0: Welcome to Musings Over Coffee with your hosts Arya Mama and Alexander Jenkins. Hey, all
1: Kia ora. Lovely to be here with you, Alexander. Yeah,
0: always a pleasure.
1: So, today we were wanting to have an exploration about how to have conversations that are depolarizing. Mm. So, instead of like pushing the other person into further into an opposite and opposing view, finding where you have kind of mutual ground and Mm. shared values. And I just want to flag, like, I don't think I'm particularly great at this, but I I'm interested in being better.
0: I feel like that maybe just as a natural listener and and reflector that you probably are better at it than you think.
1: Oh, that's nice. (laughs) yeah, so obviously we're talking about the COVID debates. That's the most kind of polarized topic in, in my sphere anyway.
0: Yeah, I can say the same. <laughs> Very polarized.
1: Um, yeah, and one example of, of this is um, I've seen various kind of memes or just like tweets that are like, why is the left suddenly like... Or for the government and the establishment like aren't you meant to be anti-establishment and um in in regards to being pro um, vaccinations or health measures and that kind of thing and from my own position it's really obvious that i don't suddenly like love the government and agree with all of their policies and everything Mm. they're doing and saying and you know There's lots of different parties and politicians that make up the government. It's not just one conglomerate.
0: Like global. government.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, But for me, it's like the left is um, pro-social. So if there's policies um, or recommendations to wear masks or get the vaccine and it's for the good of the community, then naturally I'm going to, align myself with that, but it doesn't mean that I align with everything.
0: Yeah, can I play devil's advocate here? Please. I think one of the arguments that I see on the anti vax side is that the government has never been uh for the people or looking after the people. So why would they suddenly start now?
1: Yeah. And to that I you know, there's there's definitely an extent to which I would agree with that. Mm. And um, it, this kind of alludes to our last podcast about economic systems, um, whereby I kind of just see the government um, wanting people to get back to work and yeah. restabilize the economy and that they just happen to need healthy, alive people to be workers and consumers. And so that aligns with, with that goal.
0: That makes sense. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it makes sense to us, but for someone who maybe believes in some kind of depopulation agenda or something like that, then I don't know what they're imagining the and This is something that I'd love to know, like about from these people is like, what would the end goal look like? Because the economies around the world need laborers
1: and consumers and
0: consumers. So if they depopulated the earth and then there weren't any consumers or laborers left, you know how would how could the economy keep going, and if they even if they had a bunch of money, where would they be, who would they be spent giving that to in order to you know purchase other things, like where would all the you know they couldn't even get groceries because that requires a bunch of different levels of labor to get food to them or whatever. So anyway, yeah, that's a bit of an aside. <laughs> yeah, so it makes sense that the government actually could be doing something that is actually just for capitalism and not for human health but it just coincides with human health as well at this moment because that's what they need
1: yeah and i guess like this is getting to the the polarized views of where in the memes i was talking about they're like aren't you meant to be anti-establishment but there's no point in just like having a position that's rebelling against something in an unmoving way, like rebellion yeah. for rebellion's sake, um, rather than thinking about specific ideas and how they align or don't align with your values.
0: Yeah, it's like as much of an identity to just be blanketly or anti-authoritarian as it is to be you know, going along with everything. I don't think there's actually anyone who's just blankly those things at all. I think that's the problem is that we have kind of put each other in those boxes and that's just wrong
1: yeah yeah absolutely and i feel like i've been having some lovely conversations um with people who kind of sit in different places on the spectrum from um i guess there's different ways to frame the spectrum but being like completely pro public health measures on one end and then you could say the other end is like COVID denialism Mm. or something like that um but it's really you're not in one place or the other and yeah. I can't remember if we even spoke about this in the last podcast, but that even though I can understand why lockdowns are a good idea to, to slow the spread, um, it, they're still fucking hard. Like yeah. in Auckland, we've been in lockdown over two months now and it's really tough, um, like on a mental health level and yeah. as social creatures, it's, it's not easy at all. And we can really hold both of those things at once.
0: Yeah. And again, I feel like the only reason to not go, or there's a few reasons why people don't like lockdowns. One is more from a business perspective where it's like, oh, I need to run my business and I need to make money. And that's especially, especially if the government's not supporting you um, at all. Um, And that's another reason to be anti-government is if they're doing a shit job. (laughs) Essentially, like if we look at our friends in Australia. Um well we were living for well, I was living for a good six years before coming here. Um the government is pretty right leaning at the moment and is not looking after its people even outside of um the COVID era. So it makes sense that people would just be like, What the fuck? Um, an anti government.
1: Yeah. And I feel like I have understanding for that that mistrust and I feel like yeah. it, it it makes sense. And that's what I kind of want to empathize with, with people um, that have different views about public health measures is that there is really places where we agree, Mm. um, but there can be this tendency to pretend that we disagree completely, like to like take the the black and white Mm. opposing positions, even though there's probably parts where they could take my position like if we bring it to a more values-based conversation, sometimes people who like are against getting vaccinated or against the vaccination mandates, if we ask, you know, what's really important to you about this? Like, why is this such a charged issue? They might say that they really value freedom. And, you know, I could just agree and say, yeah, like I value freedom too. like personal expression um you know that means a lot to me as well yeah
0: i feel like that the valuing of freedom over uh, like the value of synergy with other people or other things is is where the nuance lies though
1: yeah totally but this is like there's a book called polarity management and um within that book there's this idea that there's a bunch of values that exist as that are polarized you know so let's say there's freedom and um, care for another Um, and both are really really important and it's not like you can ever fully choose one over the other Mm. but there's a constant um, dance that needs to happen where you incorporate both and that you balance
0: both yeah I mean I would say that's kind of the the journey of development right, is to explore the polarities and find balance between them by leaning in and any, anywhere that we're kind of completely polarized and we're kind of disgusted by the opposite end or the other side of the spectrum. There's probably some shadow work to be done there and some interesting gifts for us if we Would to try on the other side. Going into the opposite pole, the fear is that we'll lose ourselves because we've identified with where we're at so much that, oh, who would I be if I was to embody, you know, fully this other side of the spectrum?
1: Yeah. And just coming back to people who are vax hesitant or anti-vax or anti-lockdown or any of these kind of things, I, my generous assumption would be that they do really care about other people and about community and you know don't want people to Mm. get sick from covid or
0: or die or yeah yeah.
1: but there's a there's a fear of if they let go of that value of freedom that something bad's going to happen and that's where the kind of the slippery slope fallacy Mm. comes in
0: is that where that oh because they're implementing these mandates or like vaccine passports or whatever now that, that will slowly turn into some kind of horrific, horrific dystopian like nightmare that is way beyond what we can even imagine.
1: Yeah, exactly. Mm. Exactly. Like this equals this rather than just being like ah this lockdown is in place for the reasons of the case numbers or
0: mm. I remember back when back in 2020 when covid sort of first hit and people were looking at the deaths around the world and being like, this person didn't die from COVID, they already had all these other health conditions, assuming that the conspiracy was that the death numbers were being fabricated to make it seem much worse than it was. Yeah. Most people will realise that's not true, and that if you have pre-existing health conditions, you're more likely to die from COVID because of those health conditions.
1: Um, And typically that slippery slope fallacy is a very... um conservative view or something that conservatives fall into they're like we have to preserve the family or the marriage or mm. whatever institution that they're wanting to preserve because they're like if we don't like who knows they're like oh if we allow gay marriage then next mm. thing people will be marrying animals or more than one person or <laughs> trees which you know to me sounds kind of lovely but
0: <laughs> and maybe the conservative mindset as well is typically more anti-government because the government has slowly over the last you know 30 40 years been um being a little bit more progressive slowly over time
1: well it's kind of like when it becomes no longer socially acceptable mm. to to do otherwise like i was talking to a friend um, the other day and he was saying that the murdoch murdoch press in australia just in the last week has done a roundabout turn 180 and is suddenly being like oh no we believe in climate change Hmm. yeah just seemingly out of nowhere but it's just kind of like okay well it's gotten to a point where it's no longer profitable
0: (laughs) right yeah so it's actually just following public opinion
1: yeah maybe also just the impacts of the climate crisis is oh. becoming obvious and they're like, oh wait, no, we probably need to like, save the earth so that we can keep making money, you know?
0: Yeah, I'm still not sure if murder press already has that in them <laughs> at all, <laughs> but maybe.
1: And this same friend was predicting that the polarization that's going to come in the future around climate change is not, so, not going to be about does, is climate change real, but the methods of fighting it mm. and the polarization will be um the left being like we need more reforestation we need renewable energy sources like wind and solar and then the right being like we need like nuclear energy or Mm. just like having polarized methods of how to approach that crisis yeah and i guess the the challenging thing about polarization in any of these areas is it stops real kind of open debate Mm. um of like exploring solutions even if it's coming from not your side yeah and this is like a little bit of tentative water to tread here but it it reminds me of um the ivermectin conversation Mm. of just people being like but what about this as a solution like why is this being censored and stuff um but i was i was listening to virologist um talking about just the lack of of studies around ivermectin being mm. effective and that you know people in his research lab were, were open to it um so what i'm saying is that with these massive global problems i do feel like it's important to be open to alternative solutions like as many yeah. solutions as possible like yeah. yeah to be open to what works even if what works is coming from a side that I don't politically align with. I still Mm. want to be open to the merit of their ideas if they hold water.
0: Yeah, and that's exactly why when we think think of the health measures that are being implemented by governments, it's not like going along with them means that we suddenly love government. Just just as like if someone who was like a little bit ethically – not very good but came up with some like a cure for cancer or something wouldn't be like oh get rid of that cure like that guy yeah he wasn't very (laughs) you know whatever ethical um you know depends what it was I guess but
1: (laughs) don't throw the baby out with the bath water yeah
0: exactly and don't assume that agreeing with a particular thing means that you agree with the entire system of which it came from or the entire you know person that it came from
1: exactly like I think that's a really important point of even if I'm disagreeing with someone, it doesn't mean I'm disagreeing with every single part of their opinion or argument. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I listened to this uh, podcast with Renee Brown and um, Esther Perel. And Esther Perel was talking about the phenomena called splitting the ambivalence, where um, two people are holding different perspectives, but they're able to completely. Hold um, 100% one side and the other person 100% the other side, but only because they're in that argument together. Like they're able to transfer their own doubt and ambival- ambivalence um, onto the other person. Mm. But we can only really do that when we have an opponent. Yeah. Um, like if there was no discourse, um, we would really have to hold our own ambivalence and weigh things up within ourselves does that make sense
0: yeah it's like if unless for somehow i'm like absolutely certain 100 percent of the time um i feel like a lot of the time i can be quite quite doubtful and kind of questioning and and like wanting to know different sides but then when i start hearing someone who's like so confident in the stuff that i'm kind of a little bit ambivalent about it's easy for me to be like no that's not right and just like completely forget about all those questionings and ambivalence
1: yeah, and one, one example um, of this regarding the vaccines is that people who are pro-vaccine um, also need to be willing to talk about the very, the real risks and side effects mm-hmm. of, of the vaccine um, and not be like, oh, it's just fine and like nothing bad will happen, um, even though that desire might be there to try and convince someone to get it actually arming people with the facts Mm. is important
0: yeah and it's funny because we were watching century of the self last night and um (laughs) a lot of that saying how the opinion is that you know rational the information doesn't always help and that actually you have to talk with people based on what yeah, whether it's emotional or cognitive place that they're in and if it's an emotional place then it might need to be more of a values-based conversation but if it's a rational place that they're coming from then it could be a factual conversation and just like knowing where someone's sitting is very helpful in the conversation.
1: That kind of paints a picture of all the different levels there's not just rationality and facts there's also values there's also emotion there's You know, the big emotion is is fear Mm. for people on wherever they are on the spectrum.
0: Yeah, whether it's fear of the virus and wanting to protect ourselves and our communities or it's fear of authoritarian behavior and mistrust of government or, or the vaccination, yeah.
1: And there is another kind of binary narrative that's perpetuated that we kind of touched on, which is that you're either conforming or you're rebelling. And I feel like it's a lot more nuanced than that. But I'm curious about the archetype of a re- rebel mm. and how alive and important that is for people who are railing against mm. the kind of public health measures.
0: Do you feel like that there's a, a correlation between people who value individual freedom and people who have a strong rebel archetype?
1: I haven't thought about it before.
0: Mm. I'm wondering whether at least maybe that's what we're seeing a little bit of, like people who are really valuing their right to choose and like really hating the fact that these health measures are being mandated, um, that they have a stronger um, rebel archetype. And that, you know, I've had conversations with with people who are like, yeah, maybe I would have got the vaccine if the government hadn't forced it upon me Mm. because it's like then i have my own space and um i can kind of make my decision in my own time but now that everyone's like you have to do it or and like kind of there's a shaming or guilt tripping element to it as well that can come in people are more likely to be like digging
1: their toes in the sand digging their heels in the sand yeah exactly well that makes me think of as well um gretchen rubin's um framework of the the four tendencies of how Mm. you respond to Um, internal or external expectations Um, and some people conform more easily um, or are more able to meet external expectations and feel more of a sense of duty and some people their actions and decisions come from aligning with their own inner expectations yeah and then there's people that rebel um to the external or rebel to the internal or have a rebellion to both Mm. Um, so that would be an interesting analysis. Yeah, if
0: we could somehow get everyone to do a survey. of
1: Everyone do um, the um, core tendencies test and then we see where you fit on the... But I'm, I'm a questioner yeah. in that model, which means that I, my actions come from my own inner compass of whether I think something, I value something or whether it mm. makes sense.
0: And I feel like you value well-being yeah and that would mean that you're more likely to go along with actions that emphasize well-being
1: yeah so it's kind of like i would follow through on public health measures even if i wasn't being told to do them Mm. because it, it makes sense with my inner world
0: yeah and i feel like you also are quite discerning like you would not be following health measures that were not comprehensive and um well thought out and well researched and
1: yeah and i wouldn't just conform or align with any old government mandate yeah there's like things if, i would protest against if there was <laughs>
0: like no covid whatsoever and the government was like right we're just going to bring in these like lockdowns. vaccines and passports <laughs> and, and lockdowns would just be like no there's, there's no reason for that at all
1: so i like how we've kind of covered a lot of territory and we've circled um, around but, a few
0: tangents in there
1: <laughs> but just to come back i'm curious alexander like have you had any really good conversations with people that you disagree with
0: i think that when i read usually on social media uh, someone writing a very polarized perspective of the opposite side like someone who's anti-vax and they're, they're kind of writing like, there's a meme that's been going around, like, oh, the old left and the new left, and the old left were, like, hippies, and they were, like, anti-authoritarian, and the new left are, like, authoritarian, and yeah, there's a st- stupid image about the left. And you have like, to send it to me. Yeah, I'll send it to you. Um, but um, someone was posting about that, and I was, like, having a conversation about the left, and we ended up kind of agreeing, and, and I was, like... He was, like, oh, yeah, there's a new left. I was, like, what are you talking about? He's, like, the corporate left. I was, like, who's the corporate left? And, like, the left... <laughs> that love corporations. I was like, I don't know if that's the real thing. Well, it know? sounds
1: like neoliberalism. Yeah,
0: exactly. That's, like, it's, that's the right, surely. Um, but anyway, after our conversation, um, we it felt like we had come to common ground because we understood where we were both coming from. I was like, Ah, mm. oh, you're actually talking about this. And he was like, Ah, oh, you're talking about this. Mm. I was like, oh, there's a semantic issue here. And this meme doesn't help that semantic issue at all. It's actually <laughs> a big, big problem. But coming to recognition of being on the same side in these different areas helped diffuse the polarity and, and we could actually have a conversation about stuff. And, you know, the next day he was at it again, like calling the government communist and whatnot. But it was like, <laughs> yeah, how many of those conversations can you really have? And like it's often they're quite they feel fruitful in the moment of like creating connection, but then they don't seem to necessarily change anyone's minds. And that.
1: it could be planting a seed yeah I'm curious like what what helped you come to that shared understanding of what each other were trying to say
0: Uh, mostly asking questions like getting clarity and yeah like restating or like kind of stating facts or history or yeah it felt like the questions questions were good like oh what do you mean by this
1: it was like not assuming what the other person yeah was coming exactly from, not assuming what they clarifying meant clarifying
0: questions like trying to actually understand where the person was at and what they mean by the different words they were using
1: nice
0: one hmm. how about you have you had any polarized conversation
1: um well no i would say like i haven't <laughs> had any conversations that started really polarized uh-huh. And it ended well, um, but I have had some really lovely conversations um, where from the start we recognized each other had a nuanced position mm. and were able just to kind of unfurl that and understand where one another were coming from. Um, I will say that both those conversations were not online. Yeah, cool. One was over the phone and one was in person.
0: Do you feel that's helpful? More Like it's easier?
1: I think it helps us to feel each other as humans Mm. to like where there's there's tone and if there's eye contact or just kind of feeling each other's care um yeah like the one that I had in person I was like this was actually really nice and I can understand what yeah why they're afraid of the vaccine and and why they're afraid of the mandate because I'm understanding what they think that that could lead to and I can empathize with that and see that they, yeah, want the want to keep themselves safe and, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's
0: cool. It's like you can really empathize and care about someone regardless of whether you agree with them or not. Yeah. And that's, that's really the important thing in all of this, right, is that seeing each other as human beings that are afraid and are trying to find the things that will make sense and that can make, have some semblance of safety and trust in the world
1: yeah i think that's really massive what you said about we're all afraid Mm. and how do you talk to a person who's scared
0: yeah i think one thing is seeing beyond the stories that are being told to you know cope with that scaredness and really like being there as like a i like the idea of like being with someone as if they're a good friend even if they're not and sort of seeing the bigger part of them, I guess, is kind of transfiguration, like seeing that they're more than what they're expressing in that moment. Um, yeah, it's like, oh yeah, there's this little scared creature that wants. What does that want? And like trying to yeah find that and like offer a little bit of that if I feel resource enough to do so.
1: Yeah, I like that image of seeing them as a creature mm. and recognizing. How the nervous system is coming into play, and when it's activated, it's really scanning for for the threats. And mm. probably if we're getting into a real debate, um, then we're we're just becoming another predator for mm. them to protect themselves from, instead of kind of mm. activating like a more regulated, yeah. safe and social state.
0: Especially, I guess if. If someone's identifying strongly with the things that they've found to make them feel safe, then anything that threatens that immediately becomes like a threat to physical safety in some way, like the, the body doesn't know the difference. So it's really good to, yeah, try and not step into the, <laughs> into like trying to change their minds, but actually feel what they're, feel into what they're feeling and where the scared part is and what it needs.
1: Yeah, I think something that I'm kind of coming to as we close this conversation is that, um, yeah, maybe having where I have the capacity um, and time, like inviting people to move conversations off social media, mm. like if we're having some kind of disagreement, because there's a real sense in me of like, this isn't generative. Mm. So I don't necessarily put the time in yeah. Um but just being like, hey, like I really see that we we disagree and we have these kind of differing perspectives. Do you want to have a phone chat about it or sure. a video call? Because um, I feel like that could be connective and and interesting and That's more really loving.
0: Nice. Yeah, especially if they're a friend. It's really been strange to see so many people who I might consider in my communities and, and acquaintances Um jumping into different polarized sides and just being like, wow, I I imagine if, you know, a room full of people that I might have gotten along with pretty casually a couple of years ago would now feel really awkward if they're all together in the same space. And it's like, wow, weren't we all kind of like friends once? Or at least this issue seems to have brought up something.
1: Well, it's like value clashes, eh?
0: Mm which i guess were always there perhaps they're so just more hidden
1: yeah nothing like a global pandemic <laughs> to bring things to the forefront um yeah i guess i just want to end by saying if you disagree with any of the things that that i've said i'm really open to have a chat about it
0: yeah let me Likewise. know <laughs> i love i love having good conversations, generative conversations
1: yeah but maybe not on social media excellent
0: thanks for listening everyone
1: Thank you for listening, thanks for the conversation Alexander. Thank you, Mari. Thank you so